Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two, it's episode 53. Why would the Cubs not want to be competitive? Don't forget to download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and of course on Facebook, or email us at Fly the W670 at gmail.com. I'm Crowley. Happy Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I guess you could say it. If you're a Cub fan or if you're sitting at Wrigley today, it's not that happy. No, no, not a great day to be out at Wrigley at all. The uh, Red Sox coming to town, take two out of three from the North Siders. But uh, let's uh, let's get after it. Let's figure out how this all broke down. I think you and I both predicted that the Cubs would win two out of three. And that was before we knew that their three best pitchers were going to go in this one. They kind of uh, moved the uh, starting pitching around a little bit from when we had uh, previewed this series. So let's get after it. You were at the game Friday night, Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs. Yeah. So like you said, this is the, we, we talked about it the last show. You wanted to come out of the break strong and this was going to be a tough matchup. There was no doubt about it. The Red Sox have been very hot lately and it was crap. Uh, Kyle Hendricks versus Brian Bello. Who, Bello's been one of their better pitchers. I was at the game. The Cubs lose this one eight to three. And I got to tell you, Dustin, I hate Friday night games. Friday belongs at one twenty. None of these night things. It was a weird night. It was awkward. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, Kyle Hendricks had his worst start since coming off the IL. Looked like he was throwing batting practice. Hendricks went four point <laughs> two innings. He gave up eight hits, five runs. He gave up four home runs. Dustin, well, that's something that's I just mean, uncharacteristic. And unexcusable for Kyle Hendricks. Right. Rafael Devers hit two home runs. Adam Duvall, Tristan Casas, Justin Turner, Yu Ching. They hit six home runs total. So four from off of Hendricks and two off the bullpen. Uh, Anthony K pitched 1.1 scoreless inning, but Leiter gave up two runs. Assad gave up a run. But, you know, Dustin, the question that I walked away with as far as Kyle Hendricks is concerned is that it looked like they had this successful battery going on between. Um, Kyle Hendricks and Miguel Amaya. They were working really well together, right? The last time they worked together was on the 4th of July against the Brewers, and Kyle went gave up two runs in six innings. 
okay, against a very good Brewers team. Then on July 9th, his next start against the Yankees, it wasn't Amaya he was throwing to, but Tucker Barnhart. He gave up four runs in 5.2 innings in that start. And then obviously he gave up, you know, five runs in this start. So I'm not blaming Kai, um, Tucker Barnhart. I just, you, you, you guys have an opportunity on the Mully and Haw show in the mornings to talk to Tommy Hadovy. You know, one question this I would Wednesday, have. For, he'll, be on, he'll be on this Wednesday. Yes, we will definitely ask about that. Right. I want to know, and, and let's bring it back to the show and, and, and figure out why they split up the battery. Because to me, I thought that was a perfect battery. It seemed like he really enjoyed throwing to Amaya. It seemed like Amaya was learning a lot from Hendricks. And then all of a sudden, the last two starts, you don't, I mean, look, it's not like you're putting Tucker in there for his bat, right? Right. Right. I mean, when Tucker does get an RBI, you got to win those games. We know that, but yeah, he's not in there for offense. That's for sure. Offensively speaking, uh, Cody Bellinger was really it for the Cubs. Mike Talkman had the RBI double at the bottom of the third. Belly hit a solo home run in the fourth and in the sixth. The home run in the sixth went off my brother's hand, hit me in the shoulder, and the guy behind us got the home run ball. So that just come on, come on. Tells you the kind of night we had. Bellinger was two for four. Morrell was three for four. And Tucker Barnard did have a good day offensively, two for three. Uh, whether the Cubs trade or belly, and we're going to talk about that later, but it looks like betting on himself on a one-year deal is really going to pay off handsomely. Yeah, he has been uh, red hot and fuego on fire. Any other adjective you want to give? He, again, I think I've said it on the podcast. I know I've said it on the Mully and Haw show. If there was a guy that I would be interested in extending – it would be Cody Bellinger, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So game two, afternoon baseball at Wrigley Field. Crowley, just like you like it, just like I like it. Marcus Stroman after the All-Star break on the hill. Yep, Marcus Stroman versus James Paxton. Uh, the Cubs will win this one 10-4. to And so Stroman, remember, he didn't make go to the All-Star game. He wanted to rest and relax, and it looked like it, that really kind of paid off for him. He went six innings. He gave up three hits, one run, one walk, and three Ks. For those of you keeping track at home, that was Marcus' 15th quality start, which leads all of MLB. Julian Merriweather went one inning, gave up two hits and two runs. Michael Fulmer and Daniel Palencia each pitched an inning of shutout ball. But it was the offense that really was, you know, just so impressive on this day. Against the Red Sox best pitcher, James Paxton, the offense hit him like a piñata. He (laughs) he took the first six out pretty easily, but then the Red Sox fell apart. The Cubs loaded the bases with no outs in the third. Nico hits one to shortstop Enrique Hernandez, who bobbles the ball. Everyone's safe. It makes it one nothing. Then Saya grounded out to third baseman Rafael Devers, who stepped on third, and he's going for the double play. So he steps on third. He's going to throw it home. Um, but it was a bad throw. It got away from the catcher. Amaya scores. The Cubs are up 2 nothing. Hap would walk to load the bases, and then Cody Bellinger unloaded the bases with a grand slam to make it a 6 nothing Cubs lead. And then you put it on cruise control from there. Right. And that was Bellinger's fifth home run in the last six games. Paxton gave up more earned runs in the third inning than he had given up in any full start this season. So Patrick Wisdom added a two-run blast in the fourth, his first since May 28th. Hopefully that gets him going. And then Christopher Morrell and Miguel Maya drove in runs. And that's all. And, you know, good for them. Cubs didn't need it. They won 10 to 4. 
And that's exactly kind of where we thought this series would be going into Sunday, right? Going into game three, we both predicted that they would win two out of three. Um, again, we had the pitching uh, order a little bit wrong. Wasn't completely set. And what we uh, info we had ended up not being good info. So the Cubs used their three best pitchers in this series. And Sunday, it was all-star Justin Steele. Yep. Justin Steele versus Cutter Crawford. I love that name. What a disaster. Great name for a pitcher, game. right? Cutter Crawford. Right. No. right. But this was just an absolute disaster. Offense, pitching, starting pitching, bullpen, defense. It was all atrocious. Uh, they just couldn't do anything right. Justin Steele gives up a home run to Rafael Devers. It's your favorite. It's a unicorn home run, Dustin. Only yeah. a home run in Wrigley Field in the basket. In every other park in MLB, that would not have been a home run. There was there was uh, three home runs that weekend for for the for Devers. He was on our hot list. We said look out, and the guy still has remained red hot as he leaves Chicago. Thank God. Uh, Steele settled down and was doing well until the fifth inning. To start off that inning, Connor Wong hit a ground ball that deflected off the glove of Nico Horner. He definitely should have had it. Um, I don't know what's going on with scoring this year in baseball, but it seems like the scores. I mean, I know there's such a thing as hometown scoring, but this is just ridiculous. Some that of these was calls. that was that was stupid. I mean, that was, that, that, that was that's an error. An error. That's right. an error. I mean, right. it could have been it could have been an error on the fielding crew. Uh, maybe there was a rock that uh, they just didn't get out of the way. Um, Nico Horner makes that play um, 999 times out of a thousand. Okay? Absolutely, he makes that play. Yeah. So that's an error. That that is an error. Absolutely, and that should have been the first out of the inning. The Red Sox will load the bases and score on a single by uh, Rob Rensnyder, and the Cubs were down two nothing. But Steels was able to get Devers to strike out and Adam Duvall to pop out. So that would have been three outs, Dustin, right? Yep. You, you would have left the bases loaded, but it didn't happen. It looked like Steele's going to get out of it with minimal damage. He had an 0-2 count on Masataka Yoshida, and he hits a grand slam. And at that point, the Cubs are down 6 nothing. They're never going to be in it again. They, they, Steele went six innings. He gave up six runs on 10 hits, gave up two home runs. He also struck out six. But, you know, look. Nine uh, hits, it, Crowley. Nine hits. Or, he didn't I'm give sorry. up ten. He only gave up nine. Nine hits. Official score gave him ten. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what ends up happening, man, is, is that, like I said, that one home run that would have been in a home run nowhere else and the air, which led to four unearned runs. It, it totally look, makes the line look different. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the air, you know, an error helped the Cubs get going on uh, Saturday, and then this error helped the uh, Red Sox get going on Sunday. Right. The bullpen wasn't much better. Rucker went 1.1 innings. Gave up one hit, two walks, and three earned runs. Alzali gave up two runs on two hits, including a home run. And then to add insult to injury to the fans that stuck it out, Tucker Barnhart pitched the ninth. So how embarrassing is that? That's when you know it gets out of control. But, I mean, I got to say, you know, you just made that comment, Crowley, and it made me think about it again as I'm watching the game today. And Tucker Barnhart's out there throwing. And I'm steaming mad. I'm sure you were steaming mad as well. And – the amount of fans that were still there and that were cheering and standing as if the Cubs were going. I mean, the Cubs are either the greatest fans in the world or those people today were the biggest bunch of dopes. I'm not rich quite sure because I think I would have walked out, Crowley. I would not have been hanging out anymore. I mean, I might have watched Tucker Barnhart pitch just for the, uh, I guess, the laughter of it potentially. But I wouldn't. I would have been out of there after that. I would have been out of there for the bottom of the ninth. And they did. They do. They do go on and get some runs. But that was just. I, I had. To, I had to talk to you about the fans in that situation. I was actually really surprised. Well, there were. You know, obviously the Red Sox are very much like the Cubs. They travel well. There was a good right. contingency of Red Sox fans. 
And I think at some point it's a sunny day in the bleachers and you had a bunch of beers and there's going to be some people that are just going to just there. Well, oh, well, might as well just laugh and whatever. Cause that's all you can do at that point. Right. I mean, right. Can't get know, mad anymore. There's nothing to get mad about. Right. Right. It's done. The offense did nothing against cutter, but you know, cutter was the weakest pitcher they faced all weekend and he dominated six yeah, he innings. Had a nice, yeah, nice game. Yep. The Cubs only had one hit against him in six innings. Right. He, you know, he, he they walked four times. They, they struck can't out take advantage. They can't times. take advantage of that. You can't take advantage of four walks. That's also terrible. No. They had two on and no outs in the first and did nothing. Ian Happ hit into an inning inning double play. They had two on and no outs in the third and did nothing. Morell hit into a double play. They finally got a couple of hits and runs in garbage time, but they're never really into this game. They hit into two double plays like we talked about. They left seven men on base, two for ten with runners in scoring position, and that's really all you need to know. Now, Very frustrating, Crawley. And one other thing, and, and in hindsight, it's 2020. And Christopher Morrell's been doing a pretty nice job at the plate, right? He's he's he, he's a guy we're going to talk about later in the show. But I just, gosh, him batting third and Bellinger batting like sixth or seventh, it's like, hmm? Like, just, I, I don't get it. Right. It, it's bizarre. And, and And here's the thing, you know, the Cubs really needed to make a statement this weekend, and they did. The statement they made is that they're the same inconsistent team they were in the first half. Maybe one day they're going to look like the greatest team, and then the next day they look like a, like like bottom feeders. Well, know? the good news is is that the Reds got brought back to earth right before the All Star break and right after the All Star break by the Brewers, who are now in first place. So maybe this right. uh, Reds phenomenon is going to be short lived. They had a, like a three week run, and they're now back to being the Reds. The point being, though, it, it, let's let's play this clip here because Marcus Stroman was asked about the trade deadline and how it impacts him and Cody Bellinger. This is what he had to say. Love to be here long term, you know. Everyone's always putting this emphasis on, oh, we need to play good in seven days, ten days, and then we could be buyers. But I actually don't believe in that. This 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 division's wide open. And then if you even look deeper than that, as an organization, why would you not want to be competitive for multiple years, year after year after year? Belly's a guy who changes your lineup. He's a guy who why would you want him to get away? Why would you want a guy like myself who goes out there and gives you quality starts in a league that's incredibly hard to do? You know what I mean? It's incredibly hard to, to say, oh, we're going to get this production out of this young guy. Or we're going to get this. It's But it's hard, you know, and I know Belly wants to stay. You know what I mean? I know I would love to stay here, but a lot of that's out of our control. So at the end of the day, it's a business, so we have to treat it as such, even though we have this this love for this fan base and, and this organization. It's hard to kind of separate it at times. But, yeah, um, I love being a Cub. I love everything about it. But, you know, someone who's been through it before, it's something you kind of have to distance yourself a bit because a lot of it's out of your control. And no matter how much I love it, I can wake up tomorrow and be gone. So um, it's tough. But love everything about the city of Chicago and, and this organization. And no matter what happens, I, I, I would hope that they would be in, um, in the mix in the offseason uh, when it comes to my free agency. Yeah, so a lot to unpack there, Crowley. A lot, lot was said in that clip. Um, we all know that he likes being here. He goes so far as saying he loves to be here. Um, and it is very interesting. I do think this division not only is winnable this year, but I think it's going to be winnable in the future. So that's where this becomes very interesting as far as you know, signability. I, I mean, uh, could, could they potentially trade Marcus Stroman and could Stroman come back? I, I love that. I love that idea. And I want to know how much is Bellinger enjoying playing for the Cubs? Now, is he enjoying playing for the Cubs or is he enjoying that he bet on himself 
and he's going to get a massive payday because of it. Now, hopefully it's with the Cubs, but they're probably the two outside of Shohei Otani, the two most valuable trade pieces are Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger right now. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now here's the issue that I, you know, like I said, a lot to unpack there with Bellinger. Here's what we know with Bellinger. Okay. He is represented by Scott Boris and there is no way that Scott Boris ever lets his uh, free agent sign uh, after, after the trade deadline, when you're after the trade deadline and you're doing really well, then you go ahead and you get to free agency and let the best, the, the highest bidder win. Okay. That was even with Chris Bryant, the same thing. Chris Bryant said, Oh, I'd like to be a Cub. It didn't matter. Once he, he was going to hit free agency. And if the Cubs wanted him, then the Cubs just had to be the highest bidder. Okay. So Cody Bellinger is not signing an extension after the trade line deadline. That will not happen. Now, Marcus Stroman said he's open to it. Okay. And the one thing we did talk about is that Stroman leads MLB in quality starts. And you and I have seen it because we've seen young guys come up, whether it was Hayden Wesniski, whether it's Caleb Killian, some of these guys come up and, and you realize it is a lot harder than you, you uh, expect it to be. And that's the issue that we're facing here is you, you have Marcus Stroman. Now he's 33. He wants a five-year deal. He's going to be 38 when that deal's done. How, how is that going to look? Again, he's not a big, strong guy. He's a guy that really relies on movement, but he prepares himself well. And so, you know, it, it's it's this issue of why, and this is where Stroman kind of, you know, really kind of perked my ear up. Why wouldn't you want to be competitive every year? You know, you're the, the, Right, that's just it. Why would you not want to be competitive all the time in a division that is absolutely winnable right now? You are the only major market team. You have more money than any of the other teams. What are we doing here? I mean, are, are, are we are we doing another sell-off? I mean, we're talking year number sell-off for year three years in a row, three seasons in a row. At this point in time, you got to ask yourself, how much more can you ask of the fan base? Because, Dustin, as you know, with sports media in this type of business, I mean, Marquee, their numbers are way down compared to what they were when we were talking about the Chris Bryants and the uh, Rizzo and the Baez deals. And so, you know, if the Cubs really, you know, it's great that they spent some money this year, but two of the signings that they made had not worked out really at all. And, you know, if you're going to sit there and give away one of the top hitters in the free agent market and one of the top pitchers who says he wants to be on your team, how are you going to replace it? I, I really need an answer from somebody. Right. So. Well, that's just it. How, how, how do you replace it? You're not getting guys that are going to be on the roster next year for these two guys. I don't think, right? You're not getting an everyday player in return for one of these two guys. And if you are, they're not going to be anywhere near as good as, as these guys are. So it is something that we're going to have to keep our eye on all the way up until the last day of July. Crowley, it's no a gamble. Let's just say this, though. In all fairness, it is a gamble because Cody Bellinger had is having a good season this year. Take right. a look at what he did the last three years, and it's been garbage. So Scott Boris is going to ask for six, seven years, close to 100. You know how this all is going to play out. right? So it, it's always and this match. And the end. Yankees might be in, right? The Yankees might right. be in on him. Right. So. And so when you look at this right here, uh, you know, you, you're taking a gamble. You, you know, either A, he's going to leave and be great, and you're going to be like, why were you so cheap, and why didn't you sign him to a long-term deal? Or B, you sign him to a long-term deal, and he's bad, and then you're asking, well, why is he playing every day? Well, because you're paying him, you know, 20, 30, you saw what happened with Hayward. And right. so Bruce Levine did report that a lot of AL teams 
are also kicking the tires on Stroman, including the Blue Jays. Blue Jays and the Astros, I saw. Yeah. yeah. So this is something we're going to have to keep an eye on, but this is why this weekend's so frustrating. I know it was hard, but this is, this is the position the Cubs put themselves in. By having the first half they did, they don't have room for air, and here we are in the second half losing the first series out of the gate with your best pitchers going. Not the greatest thing. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 53. Why would the Cubs not want to be competitive? In this segment, Crawley interviews Chicago comedian host of the new My Favorite Cubs podcast with Lawrence Holm and the House of L Network to talk about if the Cubs should be buyers or sellers. It's Joe Kilgallen. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, I have longtime Cub fan and stand-up comedian, podcast host the a true entertainer here joe kilgallen joe how are you doing buddy i'm greg crawley thanks for having me on fly the w podcast big fan of you and everything that you do my man and i i'm glad we get to talk because you were actually in attendance at wrigley field today to see that catastrophe like it's still rolling around in the back of my head like what the hell was that yeah man i was part of the thirty-seven thousand strong um sadly i feel like close to 50% Red Sox fans. I mean, I, like the Cubs, Boston travels. Uh, we clearly had the best fans in America, but the Red Sox are close. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a catastrophe. You're, you're feeling like, all right, you know, we got walloped on Friday, but then we did the walloping on Saturday. And now we're going to take the rubber match. We got Justin Steele, our ace going. It's going to be wonderful. And it just was an ugly game. And, and the offense wasn't there. The defense was bad. I'm sure we'll get into all that. But as far as uh, the fan experience at Wrigley, it was a weird game too because I remember at the fourth inning looking over and being like, it's still only one nothing, but it feels like we're not in this game. Even right. though it was, it was only one nothing the first few innings. And then, you know, the other shoe dropped and it dropped hard and then the ball started flying out of the ballpark and then we couldn't – the defense was bad and there was just – it all it all unfolded in a very ugly way at once. Right, and I'm sitting there, and they're putting in uh, Edward Alzali in the middle of a blowout. I'm like, what, 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 what are they doing? Like, like, you know, what, what's going on with this team? Yeah, that I didn't get. I mean, I wasn't even going to be – I wasn't that upset with Justin Steele. Look, I mean, he got uh, – his final line was six earned runs in six innings. And I had to do a double take on that because, again, there was some shoddy defense. So I remember in my head being like, were a couple of these unearned? You know, because when you're at the ballpark, you're in the midst of it, and you're shouting, and you're talking to people. And, you know, you're trying to figure out what's what. So sometimes you have to go back to the box score, which I did after the game. And I was like, all right, yeah, he wasn't sharp. You know, he pitched one inning in the All-Star game. You know, sometimes that layoff gets people out of their rhythm. You know, they're used to pitching every, you know, fourth, fifth day and all that. So I'm not going to beat down Justin Steele too much. Even with six earned in six innings, that ballooned his ERA up to a whole 2.96. He's still <laughs> great. But the middle relief and bringing an Adbert in when he did was a little bit of a head scratcher. I wasn't sure if there, there was a need to get him some work. I, I don't really understand that. Um, and then, you know, Tucker Barnhart coming in there. You know, when you have your catcher pitching, it's always one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, you try to have some fun in a blowout as a fan, 
So when we started to rally a little bit, it's like, all right, hey, we're down 11 zip. We've seen weirder. It's Major League Baseball. Well, there's been weirder. Come on, let's do this. And then you see Tucker, you know, trotting out to the mound, and you're like, all right, well. Well, you and I you have had many late-night uh, conversations about the direction of this team, and that's kind of – you and I have talked about spending, prospects, the whole works, and, and, and we're kind of getting close to that trading deadline. You know, we're about two weeks out from it. And, you know, as from one Cup fan to another, I mean, do you still feel – in your heart of hearts that this team is worth investing in and there is an opportunity for them to not just make the playoff. Yeah. Let's just go make playoffs. Do you still think that they feel that there's an opportunity that this team can make the playoffs? You know, it's tough. Uh, I mean, I remember, you know, we talked a little bit the other day and I made a crack about Cubs spending, but I feel like my context was taken out. So I'm going to give uh, your listeners a little background on that. Uh, I was on another podcast and I, there was a Reds fan and a Pirates fan on that. And they were both talking about from their perspective, like maybe hopefully we could get a new toy for Christmas. They're talking like tiny Tim, some poor kid who just wanted a little thing. And it just made me go, man, you guys shouldn't even be in the conversation with us. Cause we're such a big market. I didn't mean we don't spend and we right. do. And we obviously spend more, way more than them. I just meant that we are such a Titan compared to look, I've been to Cincinnati, I've been to Pittsburgh. They're nice towns, but we're a city. That's what I think I was trying to say. And I was lost in translation a little bit on my own. And, you know, I talk too much. I make mistakes, but as far as do I think this team can make the playoffs this year? Honestly, man, if we would have taken two out of three, maybe I would have been drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit more. I don't know if we can, but in the same regard, oh, this division, Carly, this division is so not good. I feel like 85 wins could really win this division and I don't know if I see a path for 85 presently, but I still, it still feels like a division where if you're six games back on September 1st, you're still in it. Am I crazy for thinking that? Maybe. Um, but as far as like being buyers and sellers, I almost feel like soft buy, soft sell. Soft sell meaning like, hey, we had 55 conversations with Strowman. We had 55 conversations with Cody Bellinger and his, you know, agent, the, the very famous Boris. Scott Boris, and we just don't see eye to eye. We need to move them so we could get something. We'll try to talk to them in the offseason. I could totally buy that as a fan and as someone who understands how the world works. But in the same regard, it'd be great if we kind of, because you can't sell every year, especially going into an offseason where you have Shohei, Matt Chapman, and who else? Who else are the big free agents out there? Nobody. It's a weak, very weak class. Right. So I just feel like I don't want to see a big sell-off. But in the same regard, I'd be like fine if I found out like, hey, we traded, you know, this kind of 4A-ish guy for a really awesome reliever and someone else who we think might help us out both the last two months of the, this year and maybe down the line. And we also flipped Drew Smiley for someone and we dealt, I don't you know, another Tucker name. Tucker Barnhart. Who, sure. Who, right. You know what I mean? Sure. Then I'd be like, all right, fine. We didn't sell the whole team off. We didn't go for broke either by trying to make a big splash. That's for not or the, but then in the same regard, like, you know, I'm reading the other day that San Diego might uh, try to trade Soto granted. Soto doesn't have much time, but say the Cubs did make some weird move and got him. I'd be like, wow, that's thinking outside the box. I don't think it's going to happen. Cubs fans don't get crazy with me now, but like, you know what I mean? It's one of those weird, a weird spot. We're in such a bad division. Any other year, 
with the Cubs record being eight games back, you'd immediately, it's wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be talking about this, Crawley, because the answer would be so obvious sell. That'd be the answer. But this division sucks. And the question, though, you have to, you know, if they do sell, that that's three years in a row, Joe. That's three sell offs in a row. And, and, and at some point in time, Marcus Stroman, he gave an interesting press conference today that we were, we were talking about earlier where he's saying, why wouldn't you want to be competitive every year? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, I was probably pretty, I've been pretty patient with Jed and, and, and the plan and you have all this stuff. But if you're telling me that this is going to be the third sell-off in a row, I'm, I'm just, you know, who's, where are you going to get the stud pitching from? I mean, we saw Caleb Killian, we saw Hayden Wesniski and they did okay. But, you know, that's the thing with young pitchers. and they, they don't all catch on fire. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time. Justin Steele took a little bit more time. But if you're telling me three sell-offs in a row and you're going to lose both, like if you lose, what, what I, the thing that bothers me is I know that when you talk about Cody Bellinger, Boris will not have his guys sign an extension before hitting the market. That mm-hmm. will not happen. That's not going to happen. But Marcus Stroman has said a bajillion times, I'm I'm really willing to talk. I'm willing to extend. I want to do it here. He even said, even if I go to free agency, I hope the Cubs are there, but you, you want to be, you have to, you know, for these type of guys, you got to be playing with the big boys. You can't just sit there and think you're going to get a hometown discount. That's not going to happen. This is probably Stroman's last big contract for Bellinger. He had to bounce back and he bet on himself and it looks like he made the right bet. He's expecting a very big contract. So the Cubs have to ask themselves, what are they going to do? And if they if they lose, you know, you don't want to lose the guys and not get anything. But at the same time, would either of those guys be something good to build around? I mean, I think so. And, and you're right. And I agree with everything you just said. Stroman, I mean, 32. So this would be his last big contract. And he has been clear, crystal clear that he wants to be here. So I'm at the point as not just a Cubs fan, but as a sensible baseball fan and looking at what you're trying to build over here, letting him go, I I just don't see where that makes sense. What you said about Bellinger, yeah, he's a Boris guy. I think one time, and Scott Boris's pretty illustrious and long career has one of his guys sign an extension. I think that was Strasburg. I th- once again, that's once out of what? How many guys? Right. So again, you have a zero point zero zero three percent chance of getting a Boris guy to extend. So. If they trade, so if, as a fan and as someone who understands business a little bit, I, I like to think at least the base, the business of baseball, if they were to trade Bellinger, but extend Stroman, like in the same week, I could be okay with that. I, 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 I totally mean, okay exactly a hundred percent the same, but if you lose both of them, yeah, like, like, okay. So, you know, I don't know what Jamison Tyone is. I don't know if this is just, you know, sometimes Cubs pitcher free agent pitchers their first year they struggle a little bit Stroman wasn't the stud last year John Lester took him about half a year to get going you know I don't know what you have in him I I know Justin Steele's you know looks like he's still an all-star again uh, that should have been two earned runs today not six I agree you know that should have been an error on uh, Nico Nico said it himself David Ross said it everyone knows that Nico makes that play 99 out of 100 times and that's why I had to look up in the box score because I remember being like that wasn't an error it was a weird thing but yeah you're right, right. It been an error. And, and, 
And there's no doubt that the Cubs have a lot of good pitching on the way. When you talk about Ben Brown, when you talk about Jordan Wicks, when you talk about these guys, and who knows, maybe you see what happens with Miguel Amaya this year. You know, he came back from the dead. That guy was, you know, three years. He didn't basically play baseball. He was injured and didn't do much and played only a couple games. And now you're like, oh, this is something. Maybe Braylon Marquez is that same kind of story. You don't know, but that's you're 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 hoping for a lot of things to break your way and and that's the thing is that when it comes to you know a center fielder i think with pca you got about as as much of a can't miss as possible when it comes to prospects matt mervis i think matt mervis can still have a really i I looked at his numbers his numbers were no different than anthony rizzo's when he came up in san diego he, he, he had a really poor showing in San Diego Rizzo did and got sent back to the minors. Yes. And so I, 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 I feel more comfortable about that, but, but the pitching, like, like I said, when you have a guy, Stroman's leading MLB in quality starts and you know, it, it's to me, it's just, there's, 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 I feel like that this is a pivotal moment right now for whatever Jed's rebuild is. And if he decides to start selling, I mean, how long does Tom Ricketts keep doing this? Cause this has been what now, this is a while. And like I said, I, I, you know, slid that in there on purpose. I wanted the fans to realize I said, yes, I was part of the 37,000 people at Wrigley field. It was a Sunday afternoon, 90, not 90, it was 85 degrees Sunday, 85 degree day in July should have had 40,000, right? And 37,000. Look, that's still a great crowd, but 50% were Red Sox fans. I feel like if I'm Tom Ricketts, I'm thinking this used to be 40,000 easy, and there has been a little bit. We've seen it, Crawley. We know a lot of your season ticket holder. We know tons of season ticket holders. And they'll tell us, I'm having trouble reselling some tickets. That says something. There's a lot I like about Jed. There's a lot I like about the moves they've made. And I'm a big Rossi guy, too. I know some people, there's some stuff that will make you scratch your head here or there. But overall, I still think there's some good there. A lot of good there. I, But you do have to think to yourself, You first of all, aren't you getting annoyed with selling? I'm sure from a, <laughs> from a trading standpoint, it might be fun. Maybe I could steal another PCA and all that. And I'm a big believer in PCA because he's got, he's the type of guy that we're, even if his bat is slow to progress, like early going, and there's going to be some of that. We got spoiled the last go around where everyone came up hitting immediately. That rarely happens. We just got, it all came together. PCA is his glove is a two war a year. Right. If he hits even league average, he's going to be a four-war player just because that glove's fantastic. So I look at it this way. there's a, It's a weak free agent class. Shohei's the prize, right? If you're not doing all you can to extend Stroman, because if I'm Shohei Otani, why would I go to a team that's selling off yet again? It just wouldn't make sense on his point of view. He could go anywhere, but there's really only about four or five markets that could afford his asking price. He's going to be at least $500 million. We're one of those markets Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, maybe one or two other ones that could maybe be a dark horse. But for the most part, we're in that conversation. Why wouldn't you do all you can to show him, hey, we're serious. Marcus Stroman has made statement after statement. I want to be here for the long time. Sign him. He's asking for it. Even Bellinger, which again, we both just said two minutes ago, you got to trade him, you got to trade him. But I think that dude is like, hey, I like it here. He clearly likes in Chicago. He probably found a place where he could get his little funny cigarettes. You know what we're talking about. He's got his <laughs> right across the street from the ballpark. Right across the from the ballpark. He's got his munchy spots. Right. He's a chill dude. He's probably enjoying being here. I could see him saying to Boris, like, "Hey, like, yeah, I know you're the man with the plan who wants to give me as much money as possible. But I really enjoy being here." 
But again, if they trade him, I understand that. The only way I wouldn't understand it is if they're not at least having the conversation. I think that's what has been upsetting to us as Cubs fans a little bit because every now and then we hear stuff where it's like they haven't even talked to him. Like Stroman made it seem like they haven't even picked up a phone. And that was the thing that kind of would frustrate us a little bit because it's like, listen, I can understand making the move, but I don't understand not calling him up. Talk to these people. At least try. Because like you said, uh, PCA is still very young, right? He's in double a, they don't like jumping double a to triple a or to majors too often. I imagine he's going to get promoted to Iowa very soon. And even so the idea of him breaking with the big league team next year, unlikely you sign a guy like Bellinger, who again, I don't think he's looking for seven years, right? He's, it's his first good year in three seasons. You could probably get him for a three to four year extension at not insane money, but you know, he's a plus glove in center field. If PCA knocks on the door, you move him over to first base, no problem. Mervis could DH. Like, there's leeway now. There's more options with the DH in the National League than there has been before. Wait, 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 Joe. Are you telling me that the DH can be played by somebody that's not a backup catcher? I know, right? <laughs> or a guy that has um, mega bus miles between Des Moines and Chicago? I should have uh, said Greyhound. Mega bus isn't a thing anymore. But Greyhound points is what I should have said. I mean, my God. you. It'd be nice if we didn't have, look, I like Jan Gomes, solid hitter, good catcher. He should not hit the words DH next to his name in a, in a lineup. Some of these guys, like Talkman has been very solid. He's kind of surprised a lot of Cubs fans. Like he's been a guy where you're like, yes, this is what a fourth outfielder should be. Good defense, showing the bat a little bit, kind of like a Chris Coglin not that long ago. But he should not have the words DH next to his name either. It should be a guy who freaking puts fear into the pitcher. And that's, I, I, to me, that's where I sit here and I am, frustrated beyond belief is is I don't think that there is that guy on the Cubs that anybody fears. There's nobody, you know, like when you said, sometimes you, you're looking in, in a roster and I'm, you're just looking, it's like who on the Cubs scares you? Who is, who's the boogeyman that you're like, Oh man, we got to be careful. Don't put anyone out in front of this guy because this guy can really get, it's not nobody. It's nobody. Yeah, no, it's true. There really isn't anybody. And I was talking about with a friend today at the game and he said, Bellinger started real hot, but what happened? I'm like, oh, he missed a month. And he, he follows baseball a little bit, but not that great. And I was like, I said, the Cubs offense this going into this season, I knew I was going to like their starting pitching. Bullpens are always a mystery year to year, but we had done a good job the last few years of, you know, putting together a really nice bullpen. You know, the, you know, there might be a couple of hiccups along the way, but by the end of the year, you're like, yeah, that was a solid unit. Offensively, I looked at this team and I thought, look, I like Nico. I, I, I love, I like Hap, like Dansby. Say I still had some stuff to prove, but I remember thinking to myself, if we could get 2019 Bellinger, if we could get, I kept saying, if we could get this version of each one of these guys, then we could have something, but you can't have that many ifs going into a lineup, you know, like if right. this guy could do this, if that, it's just not, you need that one staple, that one guy in that middle that you just know the back of his baseball card is going to be the same year after year after year. And we had that for a stretch. And we just don't have that now. And it is funny because you look at the history of the Cubs, even when they were bad, they still have that one guy in the middle where you're like, that guy is going to put some damage on the baseball, whether it was the nineties with Sandberg and Dawson or so, so those years and all that stuff. There was always that one guy that we know was there to sell tickets, but still put the fear in right now. We have so many complimentary pieces that if we could just add that one guy, that guy who's perennially in the silver slugger MVP conversation then, then we're talking about some here. Then we could go back to being, um, you know, the the big sticks of the NL Central, like we should be. 
And and the thing I feel like really kind of kills us right here is that you were hoping Ian's hap that last year was just the beginning of him taking that next step. I don't feel he has. I said say a Suzuki, you know, first year in 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 uh, you know playing in the states. I said you know give him a little leeway. I thought that this year he was going to come out. Remember how big and excited we were at, at uh, spring training? The guy was all jacked up, and we're like, oh, this guy's going to hit like. 30, 40 home runs. And like, he's like on pace for like 16. It's like, those are your corner spots. You're looking at all your corner spots at first and, and right and left and third. And, and you have no power from anywhere. There's nowhere to generate power. Yeah, there is. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Say came into spring training, like he was on the Marvel diet. I mean, he looked like an Avenger. He looked awesome. And we're thinking, all right, this is the guy. And there's still like, you know, he's, he's shown flashes, but he just hasn't put it all together for any kind of stretch to make me confident in him at all. And Ian um, is a really a guy who I'm like, this guy should be batting second. Because even last year as an all-star, and look, he had, a, he had an awesome season last year as an all-star as a gold glove left fielder. His power still wasn't there. I think he only finished with like 17, 18 home runs. So his power dipped, but he was still getting on base at a good clip. And he still gets on base pretty good now. But just the, I just don't know where his slugging went. So I almost want to see him batting second right now. Put Bellinger third or Swanson third when he's back hitting. By the way, I did see Dansby Swanson in batting practice today. I got to imagine he's going to be back very soon because he was hitting some shots during nice. the today. So that's, that's some good news, Cubs fans. I think Swanson will be back very soon. You know, it, that's the thing is if you're, you must've got in pretty early to catch him, you know, doing some BP, huh? Yeah, it was, um, incredibly early. It was like 11, like just right when the gates opened, he was just finishing up. And he's easy to tell because he wasn't wearing his hat. So he had those locks. The guy's got oh, fantastic yeah. hair, that Dansby Swanson. You, you, um, you wonder if he's got like a shampoo hair? conditioner deal, something <laughs> like that, you know, like a head and shoulders. He would be a perfect head and shoulders guy. I know the NFL players were doing some commercials for them for a while, but Swansby should definitely be on that. And I know his wife's got some wonderful hair. So if they have children, those are going to be some athletes right there. As we all know, she's a professional soccer player. The Cubs should draft one of those kids soon. Just you know, last round pick just to get the family involved. But he was he was out there. He's wearing the baby blue. I think he likes wearing that baby blue long sleeve shirt that you'd wear in our city connect jersey. And clear as day, he was out there. So hopefully he's gonna be back soon. And Nico's a, an, he's been an awesome shortstop. It just was I don't know, it wasn't his day. Uh, yeah. But that was the thing. You're right. We're talking about those corner pieces where you're supposed to be getting the power. The power is not there in left. Uh, the power is not there in right. And it's really, you know, third base been a revolving door a little bit. I mean, Christopher Morrell, I'm very happy with the way he's been. Like, you know, I don't have a lot to complain about with Morrell. He'll go through his – yeah, Morrell's a guy that's going to have a week where it's like, yeah, he was two for 18 this week with, you know, 12 strikeouts. That's just how he is as a player. But I think at the end of the season, his OPS is around 900 right now. At the end of the year, if he's around 850, that's a successful year. I think he's, I think he's really coming to his own as a hitter. But, yeah, he's going to have weeks or two. And and look, there are guys who are printing all-stars that are going to have weeks where they look like crap for a week. That's just how it goes. But I, I definitely like what I see out of him. I just don't know what his position is going to be. Have you, have you, if you made a decision, if you were in charge of the Cubs, where would you put him? I wonder if, you know, boy, I was talking like maybe, you know, you move Nico to third and, and, and you keep Dansby at short and you keep uh, Morel at second is probably some sort of shift like that, but he's got to play second. I think that's really that or DH. And yeah, he looks way more comfortable at second. He's got better athleticism third base. I just don't know if his, he's a little slow to react or just his arm isn't as can. I don't know what it is. You're right. He doesn't look comfortable at third. He looks more natural at second base. And even though you, you know, typically want some power at third base, 
as long as you're getting that power somewhere else, who cares? Like, you know, so you're taking his power bat from third and putting it to second and switching with Nico. I don't really care about that. That's like dumb old school baseball. It's like, you got to have power at the corners. I'm like, no, you need power. I don't care where you get it from at this point. You just need it. And I know Morrell's going to finish the year with close to 30 home runs. I think he's got like 17 now, I think. Um, yeah, maybe he'll get like 26, 27, but either way, the power's there. Um, I like, I like his energy. I like the way he sparks him, but I, I really, I, at the end of the day, you look at that lineup and you're like, ah, it needs Shohei Otani. It needs just that one guy that you could just pencil in 35 home runs, you know, 880 OPS, 900 OPS, 140, you know, weighted runs created plus. Like you just need that one guy that's going to be there. And I just don't, and that guy's not knocking the door. You can't put that on any of the minor leaguers just yet. You just can't. Now, Christopher Morrell is one of my favorite Cubs. And speaking of which, you have a new podcast coming out. I know you do a lot of podcasts, but, you know, being a Cub show, tell us about this new Cub podcast you have. Oh, thank you. It's also with a fellow, a score affiliate. Um, I guess I called him an affiliate. He's kind of a big deal at the score. Lawrence Holmes has a podcast network called The House of L. And Lawrence and I met years and years ago, and I've been a guest on his radio show several times throughout the last few years, he hits me up saying, Hey, I got an idea for a podcast called my favorite cub where I want to have you, you know, monthly podcast, which was great for me because being a comedian and a father of two, I, I don't have as much spare time as I used to have. And um, basically he wanted me to interview famous Cubs fans or Cubs fans of some sort of notoriety to ask them who their favorite cub was. That way it's a podcast where you could go back and listen to previous episodes, you know, and you run a great podcast here and it's awesome. But I know like, Hey, I was out of town last week. I'm not going to go back too far because I already know what happened. That's the thing with a sports podcast is it's so up to the minute that if you miss a few episodes, you're really not going to go back. You're just going to catch up present day. So we've done two episodes, one with professional wrestler, Cole Cabana, who's a great wrestler. He was with WWE. He's with AEW now, which is a big thing. They're on TNT on Wednesday nights. And his favorite was Ryan Sandberg. Classic. Then I had stand-up comedian Mike Bridenstein, who has been on the Eric Andre show and has done a bunch of stuff for Comedy Central. Hilarious dude. And his favorite player was Andre Dawson. And they both told some really phenomenal stories. Uh, <laughs> Cole Kamana told a story about how he used to call into the score. And he remembered calling into the score when the Cubs got Steve Bouchelle. Oh, he was like, yeah, yeah. going to be the guy. Steve Bouchelle is going to be the guy that ends the third base curse. Remember? Cause for a while it was like, we haven't had anyone since Ron Santo at the hot corner. And it made me laugh. Cause Steve Bouchelle, longtime Cubs fans will know he had a classic early nineties mullet. Oh yeah. It was oh, glorious. Yeah. And then Brian Stein talked about meeting Andre Dawson, you know, being a longtime spring training guy, sometimes famous Cubs, historic Cubs will, uh, do autograph signings. They'll just announce, hey, this guy's signing autographs over here. Go say hello. And he was at the game and didn't know him, but he heard Andre Dawson signing autographs over there. He froze. He froze like out of a movie, and his wife had to tell Andre Dawson what to sign. Like, Andre said, what do you want me to sign? And he was so, like, shell-shocked that he met his hero that he just pointed at the baseball. And Andre's like, yeah, yeah, I'll sign the baseball, but what do you want it to say? And he just <laughs> pointed again. And finally, his wife was like, can you just write to Mike? Because <laughs> he was just such a child. Meaning like, oh, my God, I'm meeting Andre Dawson. He wanted to say, hey, I wish you would have gotten a hold of Eric Shaw and really punched him in the face because I hated that guy growing up. Like, he wanted to just relive all of the late 80s Cubs, early 90s Cubs talk with Andre Dawson. And it's a really good listen. So if you're a diehard Cubs fan and you want to hear about other people's favorite Cubs, check out my favorite Cub. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts on the House of L. Just type in House of L. You'll find it. 
Absolutely. And where can people find you on social media? Because you're still a good Twitter follow, man. I still love it when you come out there. Thanks, man. You know, I really wish um, I, I I still do Cubs content on there and I'm hoping to dial it up a little bit more. The last month or so, it just things got tough with me, but I still like to do my Cubs reviews. I am on Twitter at Joe Kilgallen. I also um, Instagram. I'll share some stuff here there, but Twitter is mostly where I talk about the Cubs. I'm also on threads, the new thing. I've tweeted once or twice about the Cubs there, but that's still news. But anyway, Twitter. And if you like stand-up comedy and you want to check out my stand-up comedy, just YouTube my name. Type in Joe Kilgallen, K-I-L-G-A-L-L-O-N. And I've got like hours of stand-up comedy content. It is not safe to watch in front of your children. So please don't do that. It is rated R, but I think you'll enjoy it nonetheless. And, and and not only that, I've gone and I've seen your stand up, and my wife's a big fan of your stand up. We saw we went out to see you at Arizona during spring training. We had a blast. That was and, uh, Thank you. And we're we're super excited because you are going to be the MC for the Club 400 party that will not suck with Joe Madden on August 17th. So if you have not got your tickets, I I got to talk to to our friend Stuart and see if they're sold out yet. I, I got a feeling they're pretty close. Got to be. But yeah. but 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 Joe is going to be emceeing it, and you've done these events both for the Cubs and for club 400 in the past so it's going to be awesome i'm so excited for that and i don't know if you've admitted on air but you did such a smart job with trying to get him to do what joe man's have you talked about this <laughs> no not too much yet. all right i won't talk about it but i'll just say this this is another incentive for your listeners to support club 400 uh usually they have the guest of honor sign something and carly had a great idea for something for joe madden to sign i'll just leave it at that and Joanne's going to do it. And I can't thank you enough because it was a genius idea on your end. I, I actually saw it. I, I, we talked a little bit. It's, it's, it's a game seven scorecard. And I just saw the first mock-up of it. And not only is it the scorecard, but it has a really cool backing too. It's the first ever exclusive club 400 event. You can't get it anywhere other than going to this party. So you'll see me there. You'll see Joe there. And more importantly, you'll see Joe Madden, Bobby Dernier, uh, Jody Davis, and then who knows who the Ron heck else, Coomer. Ron Coomer, uh, I mean, it's just going to be a blast. So, Joe, I'm looking forward to it, and I look forward to catching a game with you soon, buddy. Can't wait. Can't wait for all that stuff. Love you, Carly. Thanks, bud. Take care. This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode 53 of season number two. Why would the Cubs not want to be competitive, Crawley? That's the question we're going to have to keep asking ourselves as we start the third segment of the podcast. Let's take a look at the standings right now. Yep, it's, uh, like you said, it looks like Cincinnati is finally cooling off. The Brewers pull off the sweep, and they are in first place at 52-42, and 7-3 and three in their last 10 four-game winning streak. And on the flip side, Cincinnati's 50-44. and 44. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 and on a four-game losing streak. And then you have the Cubs eight games back at 43 and 49, Pittsburgh at 41 and 52, and then St. Louis in the basement at 40 and 53. And so uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Dustin, St. Louis making the announcement that we are for sale. We have players for sale. So I don't, gosh, I can't ever remember really much many times in my life that uh, St. Louis is having a fire sale. But supposedly not the first baseman and not the third baseman. They're going to sell everybody except for those two guys. And the, they're looking to sell all their pitching off from what I read this morning. Really? Because I'm just trying to figure out what you really want. If you don't, if you're not talking, if you're not talking the first and third basemen, you know what I mean? Those are the guys that right. are going to be the difference. Well, they might be and, thinking, they might be thinking the same thing, Crawley, long-term, like this division is winnable. So you make yeah. a couple of, you make a couple of key moves, but again, you know, if they were to let that first baseman and that third baseman walk out the door, 
they're in for a long, long rebuild, which I'm all for for them. Sure. Yeah, let's see, let's see him no, suffer. <laughs> no problem. All right. The other news, Crawley, and I don't know that this is breaking news, but it's definitely something we have to, to mention, I guess. But the Cubs have agreed to terms with seven players from the draft, including the uh, first rounder, Matt Shaw. Yeah, so you got Matt Shaw, the fifth round, the sixth round, the eighth round, the ninth, tenth, and eighteenth round. Six of the first ten top ten picks have signed. So, you know, it's just a process that you kind of want to go through and you don't want to kind of lose these guys. We've seen that happen before on other teams. So, uh, good start right away. Now, I've been, you know, I'm not the only one. A lot of people have been impressed with all the reporting that's been going on at 670 score with the situation at Northwestern University. Um, we know about the football coach is gone and now the head baseball coach is gone. And John Morosi is reporting that Joe Girardi is on the radar for that recently, uh, head baseball coach opening that just came up. Now, Crowley, I did not get to catch as much of the games on television this weekend. I was on the app. I did watch today and I did not. Have you heard anything like has it been brought up on marquee? If Joe Girardi was even, would even, did they even talk Northwestern? Did you see anything like that? I heard I nothing not. about Northwestern. No, I did not. But everyone knows he, Joe's. He, he, I just think no disrespect to Northwestern. I just think that Joe Girardi's, way too qualified to be the head coach of Northwestern baseball, unless it's just something that he sees as a calling and he likes to be here. He wants to be back home, but that would also take him off a of marquee. Right. And, and then he has to kind of make that decision on what he wants to do. So just interesting that his name's popping up. This is now the second time that his name has popped up with a head baseball coach opening, but obviously this being <clears> totally <throat> different, his alma mater, and being where he grew up, uh, you know, and where his family's roots are right now, I think that he might pause and, and really have to give that some thought. You know what I mean? Right. And I know something that gets you excited every single year. Uh, middle of last week, I think right after we recorded the first podcast, uh, MLB announced the 2024 baseball schedule. I got to tell you, Dustin, nothing makes you know, you know me, man. I, I got so excited because it's like you get to plan and you get to think and, and not saying that this year's over, but. You know, I, I, I like kind of seeing what's going to happen in the future. So for me, uh, that that is that's really where I'm kind of like, you know, just looking at it. Now, there are some bizarre little uh, hiccups in this schedule that I looked at. And, you know, they don't play. I, I know they're doing this whole 30-team thing, but you don't go the first month without really playing a divisional opponent. They're going to open up um, on March 28th against the Rangers, Okay. So that's going to be the Rangers home opener. And then they're going to have their Wrigley home opener is going to be April 1st, April Fool's Day um, against the Rockies. Now, the thing that kind of interested me here is that when they play that opening series against Texas, Texas is a dome stadium, but but they still have that day off, that next day off. Do you get what I'm saying? doesn't make any I, I don't get that at all. Like, right. Why? And then, And then for the first time that I can remember in a long time, the Cubs have their opening series uh, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, but they don't have the – next day off to me the understanding of that next day off is if god forbid you know chicago weather in april you never know what you're going to get that if that if the game gets you know knocked out because of weather you got you know you can go the next day but they're not doing that so i thought that was interesting but there is no division opponents that the cubs play central division opponents in april that that, that that's just crazy it just doesn't i mean it doesn't make i mean i i hate that you would open the play interleague. I, I think that's awful. 
I mean, everybody should open, in my opinion, everybody should be opening with division games where it makes sense. Okay. You get, got to get the, you know, Cincinnati should be opening. The Cubs could be at the Reds. That would be okay. You know, um, the Cubs could be at the Brewers. The Brewers should be home because they've got the domed roof. Right. Or you you could be down in St. Louis because they usually, their weather has kind of cleared out usually by then. So you could, you could get the Reds, the Brewers and the Cardinals hosting and one right. team at each one. That, that That's my opinion. I, I, I think it's absolute crap that you start interleague with interleague play. I, it's right. bad for the Rangers too. It's bad for everybody. I do like the idea that everybody is opening on March 28th. That's the part I don't get. March 28th. Everybody right. is playing baseball. You, I, I'll bet right now when we're doing uh season three, episode, whatever, <laughs> there's going to be a ton of cancellations that first day. All right, let's keep moving, Crowley. Um, yeah. Let's keep going. They do have a couple interesting road trips right. that I, you know people may want to kind of check out. Uh, they have a series against Seattle. We saw that at the All-Star Game. It looked like a great place to go. They got a series against the Red Sox in April as well. Um, one thing April that's in Boston. To, Fantastic. Yeah, April in Boston. Um, you know, and then the one thing that's really kind of interesting is you take a look in, uh, you're going to see a couple old friends come back for the first time. You're going to have Javi Baez coming back to Chicago for the very first time, this time as a, as a, uh, Detroit, Detroit tiger. tiger. Yeah. Right. And you're going to have Anthony Rizzo coming for the first time back. So that, Series against the Tigers is going to be in August. So I'm sure that's going to be a hot ticket to, to you know, to see Javi. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good memories there. So, and then that Yankees series is going to be um, in September. Right. Friday, September 6th. Okay. Yeah. NFL, the NFL will be here by then again. Um, also, speaking of Anthony Rizzo, unbelievable stat. He's He's got the longest streak of like not having a home run or something crazy. His like home run numbers are just so, so bad right now. Right. So, you know, the only thing is, is you take a look, there's a lot of things he does offer as well. And when you look at the Cubs there, they have there since Anthony Rizzo left, their combined wars zero at first base. Yeah. So that first base is an number. issue. <laughs> yeah. First base is definitely an issue. What's usually not an issue Crowley is shortstop, but we did see an error today that uh, led to a big inning and Dansby Swanson. We we've seen him batting. We've seen him taking uh we've seen him taking grounders, but he's uh, still not a hundred percent. So he's still not on the big league roster at this moment, the active roster anyway. Right. There was a little issue when it came to running full speed. So he's still not a hundred percent. Um, some good news, Nick Magical could go on a rehab assignment uh, by the time the Cubs go on their next road trip, which would be against St. Louis, uh, and he won't need that many at-bats before returning. Remember, Magical was looking good at third. He was pretty hot when he left. Today, this was interesting news. The Cubs have reacquired catcher P.J. Higgins from the D-backs. Uh, Higgins was on the Cubs for since 2015, and he had, he had some moments as he, as he played with the Cubs. But what does that, that say to you? What, what 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 message is that to you? What what do you think that is? Their catcher in AAA, Dom Nunez, got injured. So I mean, you wonder about that. But at the same time, you also maybe wonder if one of I would say Tucker Barnhart, if if there's a contender kicking the tires on Tucker Barnhart. We talked about selling, buying our sellers. There's different. There's what we call the the hard sell, the you know, and the and the soft sell and all that stuff. If you're maybe just selling a couple pieces like Tucker Barnhart is not going to be part of your future. You know, if you want to kind of, 
I don't know about Kyle Hendricks. You know, he may be someone that you would sell, but it's not like he would be completely, you know, irreplaceable. Right. So maybe Tucker might be. And Jan Gomes has had a really nice year too. So teams might want to look at him for leadership. I, I think with Gomes, I think the Cubs are wanting to stick with him next year as well. And I think right. it's, it's going to be the Gomes, Amaya, and they're going to split up the time. All right. Another guy that isn't going to be with the Cubs is. Rowan Wick, released by the Iowa Cubs. My guess is that, that it was Rowan Wick's agent or people that asked if he could have his release. And the Cubs granted him. Uh, he played, uh, he appeared in 146 games with the Cubs over four seasons, but injuries really derailed his career and he's never really been able to get it back on track. Good luck to Rowan Wick, whatever is next for him. All right, Crowley, uh, Monday night nationals in town, one of the worst teams in baseball. So hopefully this is a, uh, an opportunity for the Cubs to, uh, sweep, get fat, whatever you want to say, but this is not a good nationals team that's coming into town. Yeah, we saw the Nationals, um, and that was at the end of April, beginning of May. They went on this road trip that was a disaster. They got swept by the Marlins, and they lost three of four to the Nationals. Uh, Drew Smiley won game one, pitching seven innings of one-run ball. I missed that, Drew Smiley. Dansby Swanson went three for five with a home run, a double, and had two RBIs. The Cubs won at five to one. In the second game, Hayden Wesniski threw six innings of one-run ball, but Keegan Thompson gave up three runs in relief, and the Cubs lost four to one. Marcus Stroman, if you remember at the beginning of the season, got no run support. That's what happened against Washington. He um, he went six innings of one run ball, but the Nationals won two to one. And then in the finale, Jamison Tyone only went three innings and gave up three runs. The Cubs came, Cubs came back in the eighth to tie it up. But then Alex Call hit a walk-off homer off Brad Boxberger, and the Nationals took three of four in that series early on in the season. Yeah, it was a long time ago, it feels like, but uh, this is a team that is not playing well at all. Won't even recognize half the names. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the Probables. Yep, we got Drew Smiley. So um, with Mr. Smiley, it's one of those things that, like we said, it's just been uh, – he's been struggling lately, and and, and that's kind of just the, the best way to say it. And, and you're hoping that this is how you want to kind of see how these guys respond from the break to me, especially looking at Smiley and looking at Tyone. Uh, how are these guys going to do? Well, we talked about the fact that, uh, you know, lately Smiley hasn't been giving you innings and he's been giving you up about four runs. So he's really taxing the bullpen against the Yankees. He gave up four runs in four innings against Milwaukee. He went 3.2 innings and gave up three runs. In Philadelphia, he went 3.2 innings and gave up seven runs. So this guy has been on the struggle bus. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle bus it's on the struggle bus it. uh struggle bus I haven't heard that one before good that's a good that's a good one Carly that's a new yeah. one for me yeah and so there, he's going to be going up against Mackenzie Gore um he lost the game against the Cubs the last when he played them you know he uh, went four innings gave up four and uh four earned runs uh, but in his last three starts you know you're looking at him he hasn't gone very deep at all and so he only pitched uh, in 1.1 innings and gave up a hit against Cincinnati on 7-6. On 7-1, he went 2.2 innings and gave up seven earned runs against the Phillies. And then against San Diego, he went five innings and gave up uh, one earned run, which isn't bad. But he's, he's, he's obviously struggled a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's move into game number two, and I'm really excited about this one, Crowley. This one's got you excited. All righty. Well, the question you want to ask is, is you all remember what uh, Jamison Tyone did before he went on break. 
to the Yankees. You know, he absolutely dominated the Yankees. Clearly his best start is ERA almost went down a full run on that one. And so are we going to see more of that or are we going to see more of the uh, Tyone that struggled most of the season? So against the Yankees, eight innings, one hit. Uh, Against Cleveland, he went five innings, gave up four earned runs to start before that. And then against Phillies, uh, he went five innings and gave up five runs again. So, man, we we need to see the guy that absolutely took apart the Yankees. And if he can do that again, that would be great. But just that would be excellent, Crawley. Keep in mind that right after the after uh, Tyone did that, the Yankees fired their hitting coach. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's never a good sign when 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 that happens. No, no. Yeah, Sean Casey got that job, so we'll see how he does in that role. Um, haven't paid much attention to how the Yankees have done out of the break because I'm worried about the Cubs. Yep, and so they're going to go up against uh, Patrick Corbin will be the starter then for uh, the Nationals. There's a name I know. I recognize that name, Crowley. You, well, you know, and, and, and he did face off against the Cubs previously, so – um, you know, the thing about Corbin is, is he's a veteran pitcher and he's a guy that, that really kind of knows what he's doing. And so you're, you're looking at the start and you're saying to yourself, all right, what, what, what do we have here with this guy? You know, and, and, and it, is he someone that you could absolutely beat? Yes, you could beat him, but it's, I just don't know what Cubs offense I'm going to see day to day. And that's what has me worried is, is that we looked at the game today against the Red Sox and said to ourselves, um, you know, it, you know, it it looks like they just changed the probables now that I'm looking at it. It looks like Trevor Williams is going. And so Trevor Williams. I don't is, know that name, Crowley. Yeah, you do. He was on the Cubs. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> he was on the Cubs. Remember on Marquee, they used to always show his dad. His dad no. would be at all the games and they'd always show them. He was part oh, of the. Oh, okay. Yes. Now, he, he was yes. part of the uh, yeah. Javi Baez trade to get Pete yes. Crow Armstrong. Yes. yes. And so yes. taking a look here with uh, Trevor Williams, you don't have, again, this is not a guy that you should lose to, but I remember they lost to him when they went out there in uh, earlier in the year. He went 5.1 innings and gave up zero earned runs against the Cubs last time. Against St. Louis, he went 2.2 innings, gave up one earned run. Against Texas, he went six innings and gave up four earned runs and against Philadelphia. He went five innings and gave three earned runs, but uh, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he's not a really good pitcher, but he dominated the Cubs last time they faced him. So let's see what happens this time around. Let's see. That's all we can do. Let, let's see. Let's see what happens this time around. I've got, uh, I've got high hopes for this series. And then game number three, we've got Kyle Hendricks back out there and he's got to bounce back. Yeah, and again, I, I am literally going to be waiting and trying to listen to Tommy Hadovy. I want to know what's going on with the battery with, with Hendricks and Amaya. Um, and this one right here, it is Hendricks versus the legendary pitcher TBD. So uh, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Hendricks at this point, his last start against Boston, which I got to watch, 4.2 innings. He gave up five earned runs, a lot of solo home runs going out of there against the Yankees. He went 5.2 innings, gave up 10 hits, four earned runs. So those are the two Barnhart starts. And then we talked about the Milwaukee start. He went six innings and gave up one earned run when he pitched to Amaya. So my guess, my guess right now, and I'm just guessing because uh, I saw what the probables were earlier. So my guess is something happened to Corbin and they've kind of had to shift around a little bit. So we don't know um, who, who Washington is going to throw for that third game. So 
Uh, we'll hopefully get some more information on that later and, and, and see. Oh, see. Okay. So it looks like I see it right now. He was placed on paternity leave. Ah, there you go. Well, congratulations to him. All right, Crowley, hot not. Let's get into it. We know who's hot for the Cubs. That that I know. You you, you know who's hot. All right. So Cody Bellinger with a with a you know Cody Bellinger it could not be hotter. Four for eleven with three home runs, six RBIs, slash and three sixty four, four seventeen, one point one oh two. Christopher Morel's in one of his hotter streaks. He's five for twelve with two RBIs. He's slashing 417, 462, 417. So those are who is hot for the Cubs. The I also know who's though, not. I also know who's not. Ian and and it, oh, oh. it is absolutely killing you. These are the two guys that are usually in the middle of your order, right? Right. This, this is the guys that you're supposed to strike they were fear in the hearts three and of fourth. They were betting three and fourth for most of the season. In the last 11 at-bats, Ian had has two hits, no home runs, no RBIs. He's slashing 182, 250, 182. Did you see him yesterday throw to, I mean, today throw his helmet, kick his bat he, after a strikeout? I mean, he is mentally not in a good place. No, Say he's still Suzuki. throwing guys out, but he's not uh, able to hit the ball. Say a Suzuki, one for his last 12, no home runs, no RBIs, batting .083, uh, uh, 154 on base, and point oh eight three slugging so your cleanup hitter is slugging point oh eight three that is bad bad that not good that is not good all right let's get to the uh nationals who who should cub fans be paying attention to when it comes to hot nationals the guy i'm most concerned with is dominic smith first baseman three for his last 10 he has two rbis slashing 300 462 600 also, keep an eye out on C.J. Abrams, shortstop. He's hitting six for his last 13 with one home run and one RBI. He's slashing, um, C.J. slashing 462, 462, 923. So those are the guys you kind of want to be looking out for. And who do they not have to worry about? Ildemaro Vargas. That name's ring a bell? It does not. Shortstop for the Cubs. It was an absolute disaster. He got DFA'd. I want to say it was last year. Um, but he was two for his last 12 slashing 167, 231, 250. So the fact that they've had to literally, you know, get Ildemaro Vargas and then actually give him at bats just tells you where they are. And then center fielder Alex Call is one for his last 11, but he does have an RBI in two, uh, one, a home run in two RBIs. He's slashing 0 0.091, 0 0.167, 0 0.364. All right, Crowley, let's do some predicting. You want to go first or second? Yeah, I got the Cubs taking two out of three. Uh, you know, this is just a really bad Nationals team. And if you can't take two out of three, Dustin, then I just say pack it up. You're done. Get out the brooms, Crowley. Cubs are going to use a sweep. They're going to sweep. They need to sweep. They're going to sweep. So you got them two out of three. I got a sweep. That's a wrap. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly, the W podcast. Follow us on the socials, Facebook, Instagram. And, of course, you can email us, flythew670 at gmail.com. And now you can watch us, Crowley, on YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Crowley, have a great uh, start to your week, and we'll pick it back up after the uh, Cubs sweep the Nationals. And, and we'll be there, you know, win or lose, we'll be cheering. So let's go, Cubs. It's all over.